Welcome to the Freedom Sessions, a podcast with just one aim, to get people thinking and questioning. How? Well, hopefully we'll put out some points of view that will stimulate discussion and debate. Anything to help us break free of dumb in all of its forms and many manifestations. I'm Lee Parkinson, and this is episode four, Empathy, also known as just because I've walked a mile in your shoes doesn't mean I won't steal them from you. In my various roles, working as a strategist with creative brand design and advertising agencies, I've always been a huge advocate for empathy. Taking the time to try and see and experience the world through the eyes of others can be extremely powerful. Understanding how our clients and their customers and prospects live their lives provides us with a distinct advantage when developing brand, marketing and advertising messages or even designing products and services to attract our audiences and meet or exceed their needs. In my industry, design thinking has become recognised as the human-centred approach to design and innovation. It's firmly based in understanding customer need, generating and testing creative ideas to transform the way we develop not only comms, products and services, but also processes and organisations. And the first stage of design thinking process is, surprise, surprise, empathy. In that all projects begin with having to gain an empathetic understanding of the problem that needs to be solved. And this involves finding out more about the area of concern, problem or opportunity through observing, engaging and empathising with people to understand their thoughts, experiences and motivations, as well as immersion in the physical environment to gain a deeper understanding of the issues involved, the workarounds in play, if any, and to scratch beneath the stated needs to see how people actually behave. Empathetic design, or human-centric design, is now central to UX as well, which is all about building better digital experiences. So, empathy is obviously all good then, and clearly we need to apply empathy in all of our thinking, right? Yeah, but isn't there always a but? Although we're hopefully approaching an almost post-Trumpian era, Pandora's box has now been opened and we have to deal with the consequences of a world where fake news, alternate facts, conspiracy theories, the old isms and populist regimes are resurfacing. This is a world now where it's easier to be divisive than inclusive. So at this time, we all believe that the world needs more empathy. But let's be really clear about what empathy we want more of. Firstly, anyway, empathy alone is not going to be enough to heal the world, repair societal divides, or fix personal relationships. Understanding or seeing things through the eyes of others is but one component of what many of us describe as empathy, and although it's useful, it just isn't enough to just experience or understand a situation from the perspective of others. So while a useful tool for understanding, does it actually motivate us? to change for good. Well, it can, but it can also be a powerful tool for those who want to manipulate us for their own means. 
So at this point, it might be useful to have a common understanding of what empathy actually is and isn't. So first of all, let's look at what it's not. Empathy is not sympathy, although they are rooted in similar words. And from a linguistics perspective, sympathy implies sharing the feelings of another, while empathy tends to be thought of as imagining or having the capacity to imagine feelings that one doesn't actually have. And what about empathy and compassion? Well, compassion is a broader word, as it refers to both an understanding of another's pain, the ability to feel it, and the desire to somehow mitigate that pain. So in some cases, compassion refers to both the feeling and the action that stems from the feeling. So how do psychologists define empathy? It turns out it is an enormous and complex concept. And renowned psychologist Daniel Goleman and Paul Ekman have identified three components of empathy which have become widely accepted. Cognitive empathy. This is where we know how the other person feels and what they may be thinking. This is also known as perspective taking. There's emotional empathy and this is where we physically feel along with the other person as though their emotions and their pain has manifested in us. And this can be totally overwhelming for those described as empaths and for truly sensitive empaths, a very heavy cross to bear. Compassionate empathy is the third piece. And with this kind of empathy, we not only understand the personal community predicament and feel with them, but most important, we are spontaneously moved to take action and help if needed. So now we can begin to see why, like most things in life, Empathy, per se, is not necessarily all good. And for instance, cognitive empathy is extremely useful as it helps us understand the perspective of others. And it's really good in business, marketing and comms design. However, understanding and knowing is quite different to feeling. And without the emotional or compassionate elements of the bigger empathy construct, cognitive empathy alone can just become a potent weapon for the wholesale manipulation of people by those with cynical or evil intents, the perfect tool for sociopaths, propagandists, businesses, salespeople and some political leaders. Back in 2013, social psychologist Sarah Conrath explored the link between personality trait exploitativeness which is a component of narcissism, and emotion recognition ability. And of course, emotion recognition abilities or gauging how others are feeling just based upon looking at their eyes and faces is a component of cognitive empathy. So we know there are many components to what we've termed empathy, but sometimes these components don't all fit together and may only be transactional. As mentioned earlier, understanding someone's emotions, which is cognitive empathy, is one thing. And feeling those emotions, emotional empathy, is another. And a true empath will understand and feel. And as long as the third component comes into play, which is compassion, so you now have the holy trinity of empathy all lined up and can be used for good. So cognitive, I understand how they feel. Emotional, I feel for them, or at the extreme, I actually feel their pain. 
and compassionate, I'm actually moved to act upon what I feel and how to help them. On the other hand, understanding another's perspective without any feelings is just a way to exploit others, triggering intimidation and other forms of manipulation. And this is why the next time you agree that we all need more empathy in the world, please also remember that just because I've walked a mile in your shoes doesn't mean I won't steal them from you. If you want to see for yourself how well developed your own visual emotion recognition radar is, I've put a link to the test that Sarah Conrath used for her research in the episode 4 notes. For your interest, I scored 31. And having a good score on this test merely says you can read people well. And alone does not mean you're actually highly empathetic nor a narcissist. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Sessions. Our mission is simple, to provoke debate, awaken critical thinking and to help people break free of dumb in all of its many forms. I'm Lee Parkinson, and until next time, keep safe, healthy, happy and well.